Hi, and welcome to NACIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pingus here in Washington, D.C. Today, we'll be speaking with another NACIO 2020 award-winning project, which also happens to fit in nicely with our NACIO policy focus on identity and access management this month. Russell Castanero is the Director of Digital Transformation at the Colorado Governor's Office of Information Technology. Russell also led his state's efforts on the My Colorado app, and we're excited to talk to him about it. Russell, welcome to Nacio Voices, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Amy. I'm really excited to talk about My Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into that, tell us briefly about your professional background and how you ended up as the Director of Digital Transformation at the Colorado Governor's Office of Information Technology. Well, gosh, I... Uh... I lived in Hawaii for 20 years, and for 13 years of that, I um, I ran the portal there. So I worked in e-government in Hawaii basically 13 years. Mm. My team sort of helped propel them from uh, Hawaii from sort of the bottom 10 in most of the standard um, lists that come out every year about websites and services and government to number one in 2014. And that was from like the Center of Digital Government, the National Association of Government Webmasters, they all sort of agreed that we had we had done it somehow, um, <laughs> Great. and uh, and and deployed uh, along with just updating the websites and all of that. But we also deployed some of the most innovative services in the country at that time. After that, I went on to co-found a, a blockchain company called Wampay that enabled e-commerce for banked and unbanked businesses. But what was interesting is in both you know in both government and in blockchain. There was one problem that was like very evident to me, and that was the lack of a digitally provable identity. It was limiting government, it was limiting business, it was limiting democracy. And so I got involved a lot in the blockchain community in Denver. Um, one of the reasons I moved here from Hawaii was for that. And I heard Governor Polis, he was like two uh, people away from me at an event at the Capitol. And he said that uh, Colorado was in blockchain for the win. And I, about a week later, saw that uh, this position opened up, Director of Digital Transformation. And I said, I think it's fate. <laughs> um, you know, I, I personally believe that there's very few places that, you, that a motivated person can do as much good as in state government, you know, can do the most good for the most people. And, you know, that just jived with exactly what I see as Governor Polis and sort of the whole trend of the, the population of Colorado is really about getting things done. And it seemed like the perfect opportunity to end up here. Then, And so here I am. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, so Russell, as I mentioned in our introduction, NACIO has been focused on identity and access management this month, and we are getting a heavy focus on some of Colorado's initiatives. Aside from interviewing you, we also have Yvette Flores, Colorado's IAM director, presenting to our cyber committee this month. So clearly, this is an emphasis in your state, and it is certainly being recognized nationally. So let's talk about the My Colorado app. What does it do? How do people use it? And how does the digital ID work? Sure. That's a great one. So My Colorado, the app, is a fundamental part of the state's My Colorado platform. And that includes the app itself, um, the web services around it, and also a portal that people who are wanting to consume identity information can use. 
The app itself allows any Colorado driver or state ID holder to scan the 2D barcode on the ID and take a selfie to confirm that the selfie matches with a DMV photo and set the, their ID up on their phone, on their device. The holder can you know, use it in a number of different ways. At first, when we launched, all we had was visual representation. So we have a version of the ID that you can show. You can wobble it around. It has security features. You can press a finger down. It zooms into the fields that you want. You can swipe left and it'll show the back of the ID with the 2D barcode. And you can even uh, filter out which attributes you want to show. So for instance, the, the one I always use is if you go to a, a bar and you um, and there's a bouncer there, you don't necessarily want the bouncer to know where you live or even maybe not your last name, but they can see your picture. They can see that you're over 21 and that's good enough for them. So it gives you a lot more control over your identity attributes than we currently have. And it enables people to really start thinking about how they are managing their own data, right? A lot, so far uh, up until now, you know, what's happening to your, your data, your personal information has really been out of your hands. And this is the first thing to really bring that to people individually. Then this year, we also added the ability to share that information electronically directly with um, others who are registered with, with OIT. Uh, we launched it with the uh, public safety department. So all the state troopers can now integrate with My Colorado so you can share not just your driver's license, uh, your photo and all that, but also your uh, insurance card and your uh, vehicle registration. And uh, so they really love it. Um, it's been very exciting working with them and also local law enforcement. Uh, we also have things like links to the virtual DMV, parks and wildlife licensing, My Colorado Journey, state job opportunities, lots of other services. And oh, and this month we've got uh, virtual fishing licenses new as well. So people who have fishing licenses can download those to their phone, which is great because sometimes the old licenses used to be like three or four pages worth of stuff. And then now it's all just on your on your uh, My Colorado app. So it makes it really, really convenient. Russell, so how were you able to address both the cybersecurity and privacy aspects for users of the app, certainly given how much personal information could be potentially stored on the app? Uh, that's a great one. You know, uh, I already sort of talked about how you could filter out information and you have to give consent to share um, information electronically as well. And so I think that you know, it gives people control over their identity rather than, you know, you go and you give somebody your driver's license, they have everything on it, right? So there's a lot more control from that respect um, from a user standpoint. Security and cybersecurity specifically is, is clearly, you know, something that you have to address with something like this. And there's multiple standards on how to secure an application like this coming from the MDL standard to other like digital, digital ID, the DID standard. So there's plenty of advice out there that we leveraged. And of course, everything is encrypted, whether it's in transit or at rest on the device. In addition to code scans and system scans that we have way too often, according to most of our people, <laughs> um, we contracted a white hat hacking company to attempt a state level penetration on our code and our system. And it's clearly, you know, integral to any identity solution, but we actually treat the phone as an untrusted device when they're sharing information. So when we're using like what we're doing now with the police, we're actually either confirming all the trusted data coming through with the DMV, 
in process, or we're using public key infrastructure to sign attributes so that we know what the source is and, and how authentic that data can be. There's some information, right, that comes from a user, like their email address and maybe their cell phone number, um, and that comes from the user. But most of the other one comes from some other trust anchor, like uh, like the DMV. And in that case, you know, we we depend on everything being confirmed by the DMV. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like definitely a very involved situation, but you know, there are a lot of safeguards out there that that you guys are implementing and that are available to other states that want to do something similar. So I wanted to ask about the capabilities of the app. And you mentioned in the award submission from last year that capabilities were rolled out in phases and would be rolled out in phases. So you mentioned that the fishing license was a a new capability. So I was wondering if there were any other recent ones or any that were planned for the future. Oh, sure. There, there are lots. So the, the biggest one is, um, you know, that first part was just the visual representation and filtering out information. And, we spent a good year really trying to socialize the concept of digital ID. Uh, if you think about when like, well, when phone-based wallets first came out, they were not super quick to get picked up, right? They, they really stagnated in the United States, especially for three years before they started getting adoption. And so what we wanted to do was to, to get people used to the idea of using them, get businesses and the police used to the idea of accepting it. Mm-hmm. And by the time we were we launched, um, you know, everything speeds up. <laughs> you know, every every ten years, you know, things speed up a lot. And so by the time we came out in November uh, with the the launch for public safety, which was the electronic information shared, the people were already accepting that this was something that was going to happen. They already wanted it because they're used to boarding planes and doing everything else electronically. This was something that was already in the in in the mindscape of people, and so they were ready to accept it. And you know, the best part of this is that we're not just saving time for everybody involved when you're in a traffic stop, but we're also saving lives because we're saving police from getting hit by vehicles while performing traffic stops on the side of the freeway, which is actually mm-hmm. very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, on the mycolorado.gov website, we've got some videos. Of, uh, of you can see it working in in the field. Um, if you look at the law enforcement tab, it's very cool. Um, and we're in the process of deploying this for like regulated industries as well, like liquor and cannabis dispensaries and gaming. So there, there's a lot coming down on the electronic sharing side. Uh, there's also, you know, in addition to phishing uh, licensing, other licensing. So basically any license that you can that you can get issued by the state, we're working with the various agencies who are in charge of it to integrate those into the platform. So eventually we'll have all of Parks and Wildlife's permits and, and licenses. We'll be working with Department of Revenue's uh, regulated industries that they have, as well as any other licensing um, entity that wants to work with us. It makes it a lot more convenient, easier to share, and safer in a lot of ways. Then we'll have something called MDL, which is a mobile driver's license, which is a, uh, a national standard or an international standard to make it so that you can do things like board a plane so that you can go to another state and leverage your digital ID and they'll be able to know it's, you know, you are who you say you are and it's not just a joke of an app, right? So we're leveraging those standards as they come out. Um, 
we're actually furthest along of any of the states where digital ID is considered. So um, we're very happy about that. But we also want to be the first ones to allow you to share your digital ID from your device to another device, you know, whenever you'd want. And that's yeah. what we would need to do something like to board a plane because the TSA, you know, that those security checks, they're not connected to a network. So you have to do a peer-to-peer device share. And that's that's really something that we want would like to implement sooner rather than later. We've got lots of other things like um, like a web-based login, single sign-on, so that you could basically use your digital ID and your My Colorado app to log into various websites, to do pre-filling of, of information, to do things like check into a hospital or to a healthcare provider, to mm-hmm. when you go in office, instead of signing a book, going ahead and just checking in that way. There, there are so many different applications that once you realize that you can only share the information that you want to share, that suddenly become really appealing. Um, And it also means that you're not sharing it through seven or eight different companies through social media or something like that. It's actually a direct share to the organization that's requesting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of boarding a plane with it, is it real ID compliant or will it be real ID compliant? Well, you know, real ID, uh, they just had the bill passed last year to allow the TSA to update the um, the real ID requirements because you know in the real ID statutes there's no mention of anything electronic right mm-hmm. so there is no real ID compliant digital ID right now right and of course in TSA they're also not leveraging the um, real ID either right so when you go with TSA they're not limited by accepting real ID they've been grandfathered in and so that doesn't really limit you there but as far as real ID the hope is is that they're going to have new advice based on the MDL and other specifications that are out there to allow you know, law enforcement and other agencies to accept electronic IDs as real IDs okay. or real ID compliant or whatever, if they change the name, whatever they decide to, to name that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're actively engaging with TSA, so we really would love to see a pilot in DIA, but um, you just never know. There's, there's a lot of things going on the federal side, so we have to wait and see. Yeah, that was something, Russell, I wanted to ask you about a, a little bit, right? So Real ID is the federal standard, but there's no sort of federal mandate about mobile driver's license. Um, you know, we've been involved in some conversations recently, we at NASIO, about including some digital identity provisions in, in the forthcoming infrastructure package proposed by the administration. Are there any issues that, that you foresee with the lack of, of a federal standard on a mobile driver's license that you could foresee if there remains no sort of federal mandate on, on how this should be done? Well, I think if we're going to make any progress, there's going to need to be, there's going to be need to be federal advice on digital IDs. The whole industry and all the states that are, that are taking part right now are really doing it with the promise and the goodwill of the federal government that they will come out with something that's in line to as great an extent as possible with what the industry is trying to do. So, um, you know, that is a requirement and the law has passed. And so we should see something anywhere from nine to 12 months from now, um, as far as advice on, I think, a digital real ID or whatever they end up calling it. The big thing from, you know, from the state's standpoint is anything that requires 
the police or law enforcement or um, or an agency or there's a lot of different use cases or like a merchant feeling to go buy alcohol or go to a dispensary or whatever. Anybody that might check your ID, if it requires them to buy more hardware, we think that that is a pretty difficult lift for the industry, right? Um, it's a pretty difficult lift, especially because transactions aren't involved and payments aren't involved for the police. In Colorado, you've got you know over 200 law enforcement agencies that are working. If you imagine what it would cost to outfit them with uh, with, with a hardware device that could read MDL, mm-hmm. um, it would be um, it would be very very complicated to provide that funding. So. In Colorado, we decided to implement something that let them take advantage of the new technology without buying new hardware. Um, and that's the, why we implemented it the way we did, instead of just sort of going out and adhering to the MDL standard to start, because we knew that we needed to give people a way to actually use their IDs, right? Use their Colorado digital ID sure. in a way that fit the model in their minds and the way that they're supposed to work. So I think that. The one thing I would say is I'm looking very closely at the language not being too exclusive because when it comes right down to it, if they make it too hard to comply for the police or for the merchants, they're just going to choose to take the polycarbonate IDs. And that's the last thing all of us want because those are less secure. Yeah. And so one last question sort of on, on this same topic we've heard some issues about, you know, the increased security requirements about real ID, you know, that basically has made it challenging for some citizens to, you know, to get a driver's license, you know, because they can't produce or or access the the multiple documents they need to prove who they are. Thinking about how this impacts low-income families, you know, or people re-entering society after time in prison. Are there any efforts that you all have done in Colorado to to make it easier for folks to access this? I think it's easier to, for for people to access it now. Any MDL solution, any DDL solution, um, digital driver's license solution is going to require a smartphone, mm-hmm. right? So there is a limit there. However, most of the surveys out there do show that really, regardless of economic situation, people do have access to a smartphone. Um, so that might not be the limiting factor that we think it is. I think the bigger factor is how do we get a real ID compliant identity set up for this person. And, you know, that I don't know that we can solve with MDL. That really comes from the issuing authorities and the trust anchors that are out there. So I think we're trying to solve, you know, the problem that we can with digital ID. Mm -hmm. Um, But jumping over that with issuance and really vetting an individual is who they are that really gets into the policy of things and why it's so hard, right, um, is because each state is in charge of this. Right. So the government, federal government doesn't want to get in the way of that. I mean, there's a reason why Real ID is over 12 years old and uh, all, only 52 DMVs had to, be compl- had to comply with it and we still have one or two that aren't. Right. Yeah, you no. know, so it's not as easy as you would think. So we're not trying to be that solution, although – once that solution is there, we want to be able to let them leverage it very easily. 
Got it. No, appreciate you answering that. Something that's certainly come up in conversations that we've been having over the past few weeks. So wanted to get your take on that and appreciate it. So Russell, here on NASIO Voices, we recognize that you do have interest outside of work. So we would like to uh, end our conversation today by asking you a couple of fun questions about you and your life uh, in a segment we call The Lightning Round. Are you ready? Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I Enthusiastic response. All right. First question. The past year has certainly been challenging. I think we are starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. Have you learned anything surprising about yourself since March 2020? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, between like COVID's demands on, um, on work and everything that we had to do within the state to really get things going and then managing my two kids and all that. I, uh, I think I learned that no matter how together you think you have it, you don't have it together well enough. And, <laughs> and then, and then after thinking I got through COVID, you know, um, I then ended up with it. Oh, uh, I figured that, you know, I'm super healthy. I'm invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I was not. And I like, it knocked me down for a good week and oh, I, was, you know, and I was humbled <laughs> for sure. So I think, you know, no matter what you think of yourself, uh, mother nature can always turn around and, and, and change your opinion real quick. Uh, well, I hope you're on the mend or certainly fully recovered. Yeah, I feel better now. I'm all, I'm all good now. Okay. Well, that certainly, certainly is, I'm sure is a scary experience. Second question. You live in one of my favorite States in the country. And all seasons are incredibly beautiful. But in your opinion, what is your favorite season in Colorado? Well, you know, there's only three seasons in Colorado, right? There's, you know, there's snow season. And then, and then there's then there's the summer and then there's right. mud, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the easy one is I don't like mud season. But I don't know which one I like more, snow season or, or, or the summer sun season. Because um, I, li- I love doing all sorts of outdoor stuff. If there's one, I guess, I guess because it was so busy, I can't get to snowboard as often as I would like. So probably the summer would have to be my favorite just because I can actually get out and exercise and, and do a lot more outside. Yeah. And you guys have certainly had a, a great snow season, great ski season this, this winter. Unfortunate that uh, couldn't, couldn't get on a plane and come out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll keep on getting more snow because we need it. We need yeah. a lot of water. For sure. So you mentioned wanting to get outside, then it's getting warmer. Hope, well, hopefully, I, you said it's going to snow today. Do you have any interesting summer plans? Um, I'm hoping to get back to Hawaii and uh, visit my friends and everybody I know down there and get some good beach time. Fantastic. Uh, and then I also am, am really interested, like professionally, in getting more My Colorado features launched and more and more people um, buying into the uh, platform. That's great. And where can our listeners find out more about My Colorado? The My Colorado website is mycolorado.gov.gov. And it has links to lots of videos and how, how it all works and the map of different, different agencies and businesses that have started accepting it and information about the uh, police that are accepting it, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Well, we will include a, a link in our show notes so our listeners can can check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Russell, we 
obviously love hearing about the innovative work that's going on in state government through the NASIO Awards Program. And we want to say congratulations on the NASIO Award last year to you guys and from my Colorado. And thanks for sharing your time with us today. Well, thanks a lot, Amy. Thanks, Matt. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO members, did you know that registration opens on April 28th for the NASIO Virtual Mid-Year Conference? That's right, Amy. The conference will be held May 25th to the 27th, and there's no limit on registration by member organizations. We hope you can join us. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.